have your Bibles, crack them open about halfway through to Psalm 139. Uh, that's where we're going to park today. We're, we're starting a new series. We're kicking off because and it, the new series is called The Passionate Pursuit of God. The Passionate Pursuit of God. Um, and, and let's be honest, it's February, right? Hearts are in the air. Uh, he, everywhere you go, we walked into Kroger this morning and there was like a balloon arch of I love yous. I was like, wow, that's a lot of balloons. Um, but like, it, it's around February 14th is Single Awareness Day. Um, and so, uh, you know, as we go in, in, into this month and, and we talk about passion and, and, and we talk about lovey-dovey stuff, as my daughter closes her eyes and goes, Dad, you're gross. Um, Ew, gross. Um, but I, I want you to know that you don't have to be alone this, this year because God is pursuing you. When you look at the passionate pursuit of God, it is not about us pursuing him. The passionate pursuit of God is him pursuing us. And so we're going to dive into this thought, this uh, experience of God pursuing you. Because it has nothing to do with you. It's always been about him. Even before you were made, he pursued you. How do I know this? Well, before I dive in. I, I find it interesting that our culture wants this idea of being seen. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie of Encanto, but my house has played it at least four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve times, or something like that. We lost count. Um, and it's a new Disney movie, and part of this, part of the desire is, you know, for uh, Mirabelle, the main character, to have her grandmother see her, see me, I'm special. And at the very end, you know, we, they say, we see you, like we notice you. And I find it interesting that our culture wants to be known or recognized. What are they identifying as? Who is your group? Who is your clique? Who is your gang? Who is your identity? We, we have a culture that, is, that wants to be seen and heard. You know, not too many people live by the motto, keep your head down anymore. Notice me. Notice what I can do. And at the heart of that, that's a selfish desire. But I know that God has, if I were to title my sermon, I would say God sees you. If you're looking for someone to notice you, God already has. Because of what David wrote here in Psalm 139, starting in verse 1, it says this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lawfully for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Verse 9. 
If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Let's pause and pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would hide me behind the cross. Jesus, that you would be glorified, not me. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would anoint my tongue, that I would be able to speak your words, not mine. Father, open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds, so we would receive the word, it would take root, and change our lives forever. We thank you for this, in Jesus' name, amen. The first thing, like I said, God sees you. But first and foremost, God knows you. If you are like, man, you don't even know me. You don't know who, what I've done. You don't know my past. You don't know what you know, the tough streets of Canton I grew up in. Oh, wait, uh, someone else. Anyway, uh, but God knows you. Look at the first verses here. You searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Oh, great. God's a mind reader. You discern my going out and my lying down. That's creepy. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. Whoops. God knows you. He knows when you're about to fly off the handle. I mean, that we know. You know I'm sorry. That's me, not you. Um, but when I say that God knows you, God is omniscient. Big fancy word, okay, theology time. Omniscient, all-knowing. That means that God knows exactly everything. So I have a question. Does that scare you? I don't, I don't know. I think it's a little creepy, right? Like, who's this person knowing when I sit, when I lay down? Like, huh? Is that talking about how lazy I am? I don't know. How, how, you know, should it scare us? Should it cause us maybe to have a little bit more fear and trembling in our hearts? That, man, everywhere I go, everywhere I step, God, you know it. You know my thoughts from afar. You don't even have to be next to me and you know what I'm thinking. I mean, we could kind of do that. You know, you have your best friend or, or your spouse 
uh, or uh, and you're you're sitting there and something somebody says something and a joke pops in your head but you hold it back and then you look at the other person and they're laughing because they got the joke you know like we kind of get that we understand that but God knows every thought every deed everything that we speak or understand God knows you like I said it's from the beginning in the garden. Adam and Eve shouldn't have played hide-and-seek with God. If God is omniscient, he's all-knowing, he didn't have to ask the question, Hey, Adam, where are you? Are you behind that bush? Right? They shouldn't have played hide-and-seek. God knows. God's omniscient. He knew what was happening. And yet he still pursued them. Even after they sinned, he still came down. I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about in the garden. The passionate pursuit of God is that even when we mess up, he still comes after us. Anyone know of a parable like that that Jesus talks about? Lost sheep? That even though he's got 99 good ones, he went after the lost one. God pursues us. So what about us today? Are we playing hide-and-go-seek with God? Are we, are we being like, God, I'm not going to tell you about this sin because, you know, it's, it's too dirty. Or, God, you, you really shouldn't look in this part of my house because it's not ready for you yet. If God's all-knowing, does it really matter? If he knows when you rise and when you lay down, when you go and when you come back, he knows you. Look at verses 7 and 8. Because God's with you. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you're there. God is always around us. He, God's with you. All right? Theology time, that's called omnipresent. That's a big fancy word, right? That one we can kind of understand. God's all everywhere, all the time. He's always with you. So let me ask you a question. Does this scare you? Should it? Does it comfort you? That I know that no matter where I'm at, God's with me. Even, you know, I don't know if uh, there were any believers on it with that semi-accident, you know, that pinned two cars. But God was with them. Because God always pursues us. God never leaves us. He's always there. In the garden, Adam and Eve were visited by God every evening. Think about that. Every night, God would come down and say, how was your day? But if he's all-knowing, why did he ask the question? Because he cares. He also likes to see creation through our eyes. 
This is one of the reasons why I love asking the question to my kids, what was the best part of your day? Because I want to know what they thought the best part of their day was. The challenge is that they want to complain. Well, my, the best part of my day was not when you made me do the chores, Dad. Okay, first of all, focus on the positives, not the negatives of life. <laughs> You'll have a better outlook on life. But what was the best part of your day? Sometimes God just wants to know, how was your day? How's it going? How many times do we, we wind down at night in front of a TV? Sometimes we're like, oh, we're going to wake up and spend God time in the morning. Get my day started off right, and then I'm going to go do my stuff. When God's like, I want to be with you all day long. When you're pushing that button at work all day long, I want to be right next to you. When you're filling out your finances, I want to be right next to you. And at night when you're winding down, I'd like to hear about your day. Did you notice when I was with you? Or did you miss me? Were you paying attention for me? Did you notice how you didn't hit that car? Did you notice when I was trying to give you a kind word, but you ignored? Or when that bonus check came in the mail that you weren't expecting? Did you see when I blessed you? It's like when I give my kids presents, right? Well, when I watch them open up the presents my wife buys them. Um, but the joy on their face, right? Is that not what God does with us? We're his children. Wouldn't it be awesome to be like, God, thanks for that beautiful sunrise today. Those colors were beautiful. God, I appreciate double rainbows. God, I... I appreciate that my fingers worked a little faster today and I got a couple extra things done. Thank you for your help. Thanks for slowing down time for me a little bit there. And everything give thanks. I love that Jesus' promise is still true to us. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. With the Great Commission, he says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you, or to me. <laughs> been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Then his promise, And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Has the end of age come yet? Well, no, because we're still here, unless we're all AI matrix robots or something. Anyway, I'm not saying that is. Uh, but to the end of age, therefore, that promise is still true. I am with you always. God is with us. Jesus will be with us. He is right here alongside of us, and that does comfort me. Yeah, he might know when I rise, when I, when I trip, when I sin. When I pick myself back up. But if I try to do it all by myself and I don't rely on him, I'm trying to do it by my works rather than by his grace. And the passionate pursuit, you know, every religion 
has a way to get to heaven or afterlife or whatever they want to call it. Nirvana, whatever. But a lot of them say, almost all of them say, you have to do dot, dot, dot in order to get dot, dot, dot. Cause and effect. The only cause and effect in Scripture is sin. You did this, therefore punishment is due. That's cause and effect. But I'm God and I love you, so I'm just going to sacrifice my son so that you can now enter heaven. Well, what do I do? Nothing. That's the way. Salvation can't be free. I got to work for it. No. I mean, if you love me, you obey my commands. But it's because you trust me. But when God is with us, and he spends time with us, he passionately pursues us, even when we leave him, he's pursuing us. Even before we were born, he pursues us. Because you know what? God also designed us. He designed you. God designed you. Look at verses 13. Psalm 139. Starting there, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from where, or from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in the book before one of them came to be. I find it unique that we, we say, okay, Pastor Roger, I read this and I understand, okay, God has a plan for me. He has the design for me. He's designed me. But does that mean I have free will? If, if, if every day has been ordained by me, do I have a choice? Well, yes. But just because God knows it doesn't mean he hasn't already written it down for you. That's that omniscient part. Plus, then, we're finite trying to stand, understand an infinite being. But I know that God does have a plan for me because he told me. We all like to hear this quote. This, this verse is probably the one that's most on Bible covers or coffee mugs or whatever, but it's Jeremiah 29, 11, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Woohoo! All of us like to grab onto that, but we, we like to just stop there. Rather than reading the context of what's there. Because the next verse says this. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Verse 13. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart. See, when it says that God has a design, a design and plan for you, that he knits you together, I mean, that takes some time and energy. I'm not great at crocheting, y'all, okay? That is not my thing. Power to you. I mean, it was pretty awesome last, was it last Friday, two Fridays ago? I don't even remember. But uh, Deb's sister uh, ha- runs a ministry called Warming Hearts. 
warm hearts. And uh, I don't even have the picture for you. Check it out on Facebook. We'll, we'll post it later. But uh, they meet all year round and they knit. They crochet. Great for them. They, they have a group that get together. They, they crochet. They crochet at home. And they make all this stuff. And then my daughter's sporting one of the hats right now. Uh, and uh, they uh, have this design. And so is my son. Uh, but they, they make stuff all year round, and then she organizes it, and she's like, she, she called me, and she's like, hey, pastor, I need space to, to lay it all out, because we, we give this to six different missions, or ministries around Toledo, and, and I just need space. I was like, we got a fellowship hall. We got six tables. Come right on over. And I mean, it was laid out, everything, and they're able to donate, I don't know how many pieces, like, a lot. Uh, 150 just the pregnancy center alone plus five others okay like it's a lot of crocheting that's a lot of knitting that's a lot of needlework but you knit me together in my mother's womb that means that God's working right now on every baby that's being born every design every little nook cranny crevice eardrum God's making you, you, and yet, this is the God that can speak light into existence. Let there be light. Oh, right? Like, he's that type of God, yet he gets his hands dirty when he makes Adam. He, he forms them. He, he, get, he plays in the mud. Huh. Who does that? I don't even like playing in the snow. Thank you, youth intern, for taking them sledding and Pastor Robin. That was great, because I'm not taking my kids in the snow. I had fun enough shoveling here. I'm just, God is so unique and so designed. Like, he's intimate with us. Why wouldn't you want to pursue with us if he's, he's, he, he designed you? He created you with a unique, and I, and I would dare to say this. We, we talk about destiny. Oh, I want to fulfill my destiny. How about you feel God's design for you? How about you say, God, how did you design me? How did you put me together? You know me better than anybody else. Okay, so I like music. All right, I like missions. I like to do this. I love to see people be used by God. All right, step back, look. How am I going to do those things? That's one reason why I play drums today. Was it because I thought, oh, I can preach and do everything by myself? No, I mean, I'm not a one-man band, y'all. You all know that. But my thought is this, is that that's something I'm designed to do. I love music. Why wouldn't I worship God with what I have, with my talents and giftings? I may not be able to fix a furnace, but I can play drums. I might not be able to, to understand all the ins and outs of bookkeeping, but I know one who can so God, why, would I, why wouldn't you, I, I want to worship you with the t giftings and talents that I have. I want to fulfill the design that you have in my life. Too many times we think this destiny thing is way out there. Oh, I'll arrive someday. Listen, it's a journey, y'all. God would rather come down every day and say, how was your day? Spend time with you. Love on you. So, let me leave you with this thought. God's not playing hide and seek with us. 
even though we might try to do that with him, he's not playing hide and seek with you. God wants to know you. He is constantly pursuing you. If you search for him. Listen, there's a part of this that just says, you have to say, tag, I'm it. God, you got me. And God's like, sweet. Come in for a hug, buddy. I mean, that's just how, that's how I think God talks to me. God can't stop thinking about you either. How precious are your thoughts? This is what the NLT says in the last two verses. There's 17 and 18. It says this. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They, are out, they outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? God is, can't stop thinking about us. He passionately pursues us. And guess what? When we wake up, he's still there. After knowing everything about us, after knowing everything we're going to say, do, think, when I wake up, hey, God, you stuck around. God's never going to leave you. God will always be there for you. Can I just challenge you that this world needs to know that. Holy Spirit's spoken today. We're supposed to collect our harvest. We're not supposed to worry about the enemy coming after us if we stay at his feet. If, if we stay close to God, he'll protect us. And we're supposed to go and collect the harvest out past these doors. So what are the seeds that you've been praying for? Who have you been praying for that you are saying, God, they need, they need to know you. They need to know that you've designed them, that you know them, that you pursue them, that, they see, that you see them. How are we going to share that with others? Challenge you. Let the world know that God is passionately pursuing them. He still chooses you. Let me throw out this challenge for you this month. I want you to memorize Psalm 139. All right? It's hard, Pastor Roger. I'm not, I don't have a good memory. Okay. Focus on verse, uh, what is it? Focus on verse 14. That's what I thought it was. I want to confirm. If you could just take this month and memorize that one verse, that'd be great. If you can memorize the whole psalm, it'd be great. I've memorized it before, um, but I'm really good at retaining and, and then spitting it back out for a test. Uh, and then it, it's already left me. So I need to relearn it myself. So this is a challenge for me too. But this month, just there's four kind of verses in there. You can see the breaks in there. Take each week and just kind of memorize the section. Because God is pursuing you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness and mercy as they chase after us. 
as you speak in Psalm 23. Lord, I pray that you would allow us to understand that it's not about a fear or about a worry that we have, but that you, God, have designed us and that we need to fulfill out our design. Lord, that we would understand that you are pursuing us and you're pursuing our neighbors. You're pursuing every person around us and that we would speak forth your truth to those around us about your love for them. We thank you for this in Jesus' name.